That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, Jake, here is the Sunday of the year. We don't always get to do this um, with January 1 falling on a Sunday, but since it is the Feast of the Circumcision. There's some great icons that you can put on the front cover of your, of your bulletin that will really help your parishioners get into the, the spirit of the season. Is that I what you're you, doing nothing, at Calvary St. George's? Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing says the uh, nothing says the uh, the uh, eighth day of Christmas like circumcision. And so, um, you know. Do anyway, it. so it's. I love it. This is the time of year, and it's not New Year's. It's the Feast of the Circumcision. So yeah, uh, here we are. Although, I, you know, the Episcopal Church realized that maybe there was a, uh, a branding issue there. So mm-hmm. if you are uh, listeners looking at your lectionary page or whatever, it's called the Feast of the Holy Name. which is Yeah, but at Calvary St. George's, we call it the old name, Feast of the Circumcision. Feast of the Cirque. We shorten it at St. Albans. Uh, so, but Jake, before we get on to the readings for January 1, see, feast listeners, you thought snip. it was going to be... The be, Feast of the Snip. Be, so. thought it was going to be a New Year's Day resolutions uh, episode, but it ain't. Um, uh, but how are you, you know, doing, can Jake? Can I just say, I'm well, but I'm, we, I definitely am going to need to take up a few, like, you know, uh, vertical, not, uh, excuse me, horizontal resolutions, because for some reason, and we were talking about this, Listen, um, do not send the church uh, like bags and bags of moose tracks and cookies. For some reason, people think that we're like cholesterol free and have the metabolism of nine year old boys. I mean, cinnamon rolls, hot Coke, give me a break. Uh, send me a check, an my, end of the year gift. <laughs> my t- triglycerides are off the charts. My pancreas is begging for mercy. It's just having to process so much sugar. Today alone, I have had a diabetic coma. I have had Wait, almost like into. banana bread with cranberries and walnuts. I have had uh, uh, a peanut butter cookie, half a large snickerdoodle, a Christmas sugar cookie with like a mountain of frosting on it, and um, one peanut chocolate cluster. And that's just on. That was just like before 9 a.m. I stopped by the the office, and there was the kitchen full of things. So, uh, so somebody got us this like German crystal cake or something, crystal Kirchen cake or whatever. And I was like, I'm just gonna have a a piece. And then, like there's like there's like I one sliver left. And I was like, I didn't eat this all by myself, but. I basically did. Yeah. And so, you know, and... And you've never yeah, looked I better, f- I have to say, Jake. You look really wonderful mm. right now. Yeah, that's least... the powder sugar glow. So, but uh, it's not dandruff on my jacket. That's powder sugar. <laughs> so, anyway... Uh, it's good times. Hey, it's good times. It's, this is... Uh, hey, I think... Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You go ahead. No, you go. Well, I thought we could uh, do a cool shout-out. So, um... Uh, to uh, one particular uh, minister in South Carolina, Lexington, South Carolina in particular, named Josh Fink, who uh, listens to Same Old Song religiously. We've heard from our friend Brad and Gwen Martin. And so anyway, we wanted to give you a shout out and say thanks for listening. 
you know, other podcasts, you have to like sign up on certain levels on Patreon to get mm-hmm. like an early access and to get shout outs and stuff like that. But at same old song, we just give it away for free. We just, mm. we have no mm. standards, no barriers to entry. Uh, <laughs> we, we just love our people. Um, I think, you know, just as like you say, Lexington, South, so my dad lives in Lexington, North Carolina. Uh, I hope that doesn't count as doxing him right now. Oh, wow. Okay. I think we have a listener there as well. So if you're a North Carolina, Lexington listener over there in Davidson County, what up? Uh, all right, enough with this. Let's get into the Feast <laughs> yeah, of the Holy back Name. Back to the circumcision. Back to the circumcision. This is Sunday, January 1st, and if you are someone who's not in the Episcopal or Anglican world, you may not be doing these readings. You may be doing the readings for the first Sunday after Christmas, so you may be doing the readings, uh, you may have some special New Year's Day service. But we are in a tradition that dictates that when this feast occurs, uh, it takes precedence on the Sunday over whatever the readings would normally be for that Sunday. This is an important deal. Uh, it's largely lost, I would say, to most Christians, have no idea. I, I bet very, very few Christians in the United States of Americas have thought about the circumcision of, of Jesus, why it matters, but it is important. It's in the Bible. If you're a Bible-believing, caring Christian, then you should care about this. Uh, and I, that's a losing argument, but I'm going to say it. I, I'm reminded of, um, never mind, I'm not going to say it. All right, just Jake, so, self-censoring. Look, it's it's not... <laughs> I mean, this it's not even the new year yet. Could go so inappropriate. <laughs> we get like a rating. Okay. So, well, just, just leave I'll it leave that. that. If you'd like listeners. to hear the story, you can email us. So leave that in the listeners' imagination to think about what that, what Jake might have been about to say. I, even I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll hear later. I'll get my own. I will tell you director's cut that uh, Michelangelo's David is a Gentile David. Clearly, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you need explanation, again, please write. Yeah, well, today's the day. Jacob it's all about Smith circumcision. Cal so, so our, our readings today are from Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27. And then uh, we're going to take a look. There's two uh, options. You can Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Or you can take on Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Uh, and then finally, Luke chapter 2, verses 15 to 21. And so um, we open up here with, um, uh, so essentially, why would we be celebrating uh, the Feast of the Circumcision or the Feast of the Holy Name on the eighth day of Christmas? Um, Aaron, do you know why? Yeah, so circumcision obviously was not invented by the people of Israel. It existed in other cultures, but it was commanded by God to Abraham uh, as a sign of the covenant. And it's mm-hmm. a sign of God's uh, plan to redeem the whole world. And the text in the Hebrew Scriptures never exp- God never says circumcise yourself, and this is what it means. But um, it it uh, um, we know it was an outward sign of a covenant, like the inward promise. It was the outward sign of God's covenant with His people. And it yes, yeah, so uh, yes, it's a lasting, uh, visible mark. But no, well, not so. It's um, there were many cultures that practiced some sort of tattooing or piercing or whatever to indicate their relationship to their local deity. Um, this one would not be visible to anyone except somebody very, very close in your family. Um, and so, but it's a, it's, a, it's a sign of God's presence. It's a sign of the fact that this is a family because obviously circumcision is connected to the part of the body that's involved in procreation. And, um, and uh, it's it's an irrevocable thing. It's something that, and it and it's also done to you as a 
child. So the male child is, was commanded that all male children be circumcised on the eighth day. Um, and it is, it's not, it, in, in that sense, it symbolizes God's relationship to God's people, not about some decision that they've made, but it's, uh, it, you know, it, and that's why St. Paul says baptism in the in the New Testament is like what circumcision was in the, in the um, uh, Abrahamic covenant, that baptism is, so that's why in our tradition, for example, we baptize infants. So anyways, it's a sign of God's grace, God's presence, um, God's um, covenant with his people in an irrevocable way. Um that is then a part of this whole family and related to the growth of that family that be fruitful and multiply command. So all those things kind of wrap together. And um, the reason it's, there's several reasons that it's significant and we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves because we don't even talk about circumcision until the gospel reading and we haven't even talked about the Old Testament reading, which is number six. But the reason this is important is because it's one of the ways that Jesus's family, Mary and Joseph, and uh, uh, and Jesus himself, now with the help of his family, because again, he's not making this decision to get circumcised. This is his mm-hmm. family making this decision. Um, he is entering into the fullness of what it means to be a human being in the culture and family in which he was born. And to redeem humanity from the law, he needs to be a perfect law keeper. He also needs You're to enter... You're talking Galatians right there, man. Yeah, so I'm, I'm getting ahead of all of it. He, he, he enters into the covenant community um, so he can redeem all those in it and all those outside of it as well. But um, So that's why this is important. It may seem like a little point, um, kind of a technicality, like circumcision, just like a box that you check, just like I take my baby to church to get baptized or I take my kid to youth group to just check that box or whatever. But no, this is something that's really important, which it's God has, God always works through physical things. We've over-spiritualized, I think, God sometimes in the church. Um, but God appears to Moses through an actual shrub that's on fire. Uh, God um, appears always in these very physical, tangible means, manna in the desert or um, Gideon's fleece or whatever the case may be. There's always these, you know, Moses' staff that buds, all these things. And so circumcision also is a very physical thing and a sign of God's covenant with his people. So Jesus enters into that. I think if if I could sum up all the very long-winded thing I've said up until this point is that this is one of the things that affirms Jesus's humanity and is entering into the fullness of what it means to be human um, so that he can save humans. And the fact that there's some bloodletting and some pain involved it's a foreshadowing also of the cross mm-hmm. here endeth the rant Thanks. so should we t- should we talk about the bible now well yeah i think uh, you know the numbers passage is just a very p- powerful it's called the ironic blessing a ironic um, blessing mm-hmm. yeah that's right just like you and so um <laughs> Every time, every time I do a show with you, it's an ironic blessing. Oh. So, and it's an ironic blessing to all of our listeners. Not ironic, <laughs> although it might be. maybe a little of column A, column B. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but um, uh, but uh, so here's what God uh, speaks to Moses and uh, and uh, saying, "Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, Thus you shall bless the Israelites.' And the key thing here for today." Uh, that you want to touch on if you're going to preach on this is like you know what well, what does the lord do well he blesses you he keeps you uh, the lord makes his face to shine upon you etc 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 and give you peace so one the first thing you would touch on i think here in this particular passage if you're going to preach on this text is that god is the protagonist in the relationship you notice this is a one-way street 
and it's a one-way street of blessing. Now the Mosaic Covenant is indeed a two-way street, but right here you see what God is all about. And uh, he is about blessing you and keeping you. He's about making his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you um, and giving you peace. And what does he mean by giving you his peace? Well, this is the, the shalom of God. Uh, this isn't just kind of like, you know, take a deep breath. This is like peace in every aspect of your life. Um, this is a peace that really indeed passes all understanding. It's a, it's a very holistic kind of it's a holistic thing yeah and so and uh finally um it says so they shall put my name on the israelites and you know uh, they they can put their name they can put god's name on them because his name is that very thing that it's not antagonism it's peace it's coming i want to be close to you i want to love you i want to be with you and i will bless them but his name over them is a banner of love and his name in jesus over you is a banner of love and indeed for christians that name and those promises are given to you at your baptism when you're united with Christ. Yeah, you know, this thing of being associated with a name, it's significant. There's always these examples of like where some political figure, some celebrity is uh, trying to gain some prominence or maybe try to get elected. And then somebody will dig up a picture of them standing next to somebody who's sort of bad news. And they'll be like, oh, I didn't really knew that person. Like I, you know, it was just, we were there at a party. It was somebody got a picture real quick before, you know, people are sort of flipping out now about who, um, Elon Musk was visiting with at the World Cup, and uh, and I'm not making a statement one way or another about that. But all that to say is, people are very careful about who they get associated with and whose name is attached to them, and how that impacts their reputation. And here, God is saying, "I will put my name on the Israelites," which is sort of a an incarnational, condescending, meaning God stepping down in some sense, um, move. Uh, for him to want his name to be on the Israelites is, it's a risky bet for God, uh, because um, the Israelites are, are, as we know, this is early in their history in the Book of Numbers. Um, they will not uh, be worthy bearers of the name of God. But God impute. This is an imputational sort of thing. God imputes to them something that they don't have in and of themselves. So this is. This is, yeah, as you said, it's a great statement of blessing and, and love and grace and imputation to people that don't deserve it and um, are about to mess up because they're getting ready to go in the promised land and they won't do what they're supposed to do there. And they weren't even trusting Moses on the way out of Egypt. There's, they just kind of mess up all the time. But God says in this gracious move, I'm going to put my name on them and I will bless them. This, by the way, is the blessing I give my kids every night before... Um, before they go to bed so it's, it's oh, that's nice gets me all in all the feels yeah that's yeah. really good what do you do what do you say to your kids be quiet go get to, sleep. to bed yeah get to bed don't that's, make me come in there that's right so anyway <laughs> all right so let's move on now to galatians 4 verses um four through seven this is often a reading that happens over Christmas or in the Christmas season, whether it's the yeah. first Sunday after Christmas, because it has this fullness of time. God sends his son, born of a woman, uh, born under the law. And the sort of born of a woman, um, fullness of time, that's very Christmassy sounding. But this born under the law, in order to redeem those under the law, this is where the Feast of the Circumcision comes in. And mm -hmm. by the way, it's called Feast of the Holy Name now because this is when they named Jesus, Jesus, eight mm -hmm. days after his birth. And this um, January 1 comes eight days after December 25th. So this is, this is in the church year, kind of in real time. 
circumcision and the naming, that all took place at the same time. You are part of God's covenant people. This is the outward visible sign of that, the circumcision, and you get your name. So Feast of the Circumcision, again, I think that's the traditional name for it. People thought it was a little, I don't know, it's a little... We're a little squeamish about that. It's body parts and whatnot. So, um, which I, 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 I'm with you, Jay. Kind of keeping the old name is, is a good thing. But um, mm-hmm. Feast of the Holy Name feels a little euphemistic, but that's what it is. And, and that's why the Numbers passage has a reference to God's name. And here we have um, uh, this idea of becoming, uh, because of what God has done in Christ, Jesus becoming one under the law, we also uh, become children um he takes our place this is very much a um kind of that whole idea of jesus taking our place and coming into our humanity so that we could become um something more than just sinful human beings that we would be redeemed that we'd be made holy so he redeems those under the law and so we can become children he enters into sort of this enslavement and frees us into becoming children yeah this is a this is very powerful um uh, passage because this is essentially the best description of the incarnation there is. You know, it's it's super strong, and uh, Paul is really highlighting a, a couple of facts here that I think are very important. The first is is that um, all of history and all of time. The whole point, you know, I've heard people, you know, well, you know, the Rome had finally worked out all this road system, and that was the perfect time for Jesus to come. Sure, uh, but the, the point is, is that all of time, this is what Paul is making, has been about Jesus coming into the world. All of time is about the revelation of Jesus, who actually, God himself taking on flesh, placing himself under the law, without guardians and teachers, because he's uh, he is God himself in order that we might become adopted. So this is why he is circumcised. This is why he is given a name on the eighth day, because he, uh, the sovereign Lord of the universe, is working out all things in time to place himself under that law so that uh, he might fulfill it. And uh, the benefit of that is adoption. And uh, this is, once again, uh, to be adopted is a very powerful idea. Uh, you know, uh, humanity has been enslaved to sin, death, and the devil, and a debt needs to be paid. Um, C.S. Lewis in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Edmund and the lion laying himself down, that deep magic is a perfect illustration of that. But um, there's a deeper magic that when the law uh, was fulfilled, uh, Christ fulfills the law, and uh, boom, It's not about us now being able to do things for God, but it is now something brand new. And what is that brand new thing? Well, slaves have now been adopted as children. And if you know anybody who's ever adopted kids uh, and they have kids of their own, you begin to quickly realize there's no distinction between the adopted children and the birth children. Um, if, the, if it's a healthy family, they are loved equally. And because of Jesus, this is Paul's argument right here in Galatians, there's no distinction between adopted children and the blood children. There's no distinction now between, get wrap your mind around this, between you and Jesus. Because it's not about the law, but Jesus Christ. And this is why your sons, it's not sons and daughters, but your your sons. And that's because what St. Paul is talking about here is legal language. Legal language. You have been adopted. This is, this is Roman legal language. And so, um, and uh, our hearts can cry out, 
Abba Father. Now this isn't some weird childish like little like daddy. This is um, this is a, a familial formal relationship. And Christ has united us to the Father in the giving of his Spirit so that we cry out Abba as well. So what you begin to see here too is not only the incarnation, but the Trinity at work. And so uh, this is what it's all about, the fullness of time. God submits himself to the law so that you and I might be adopted children, uh, just like uh, the Son, uh, loved by our Father in heaven. Yeah, and I think, you know, you're right, Jake, to note that translation that, you know, we use the New Revised Standard Version, which translates this word sons into children in Galatians 4, where it says, we receive adoption as children, and because you're children, and that, I mean, I get why, and that's a good... Sure. Uh, uh, but but it is true that you lose the fact that what Paul is saying, because only men had legal rights in Rome um, and, and, in, and in Judaism, and so Paul is saying that you have the, the high, highest possible status. Um, yeah. Uh, you are, you're a full, uh, you know, top-tier kind of person. So... Uh, you know, it's and in the United States of America that we have everybody's equal under the law, or whatever, and that. But that was not true in Rome, and that was not true in Hebraic culture. Mm-hmm. And so, for Paul to use sons is intentional. He could have said children; that word existed. Yeah. But he said son because he wanted to say, and, and obviously he's talking about men, women, and the, the whole community. But he's using this term not as much in a in a in a gendered uh, sort of privileging men over women sort of sense, but in the fact that saying you have the highest possible rights, full legal yeah. standing, you're a full heir, you're entitled to everything all that sort of stuff. So, so that's, and I, that's I think that's point. why we've gotten some of those funky sermons. I've heard so many sermons on this passage where it's like, and you can call God daddy. Have you ever wanted to call out to God daddy? Have you heard that? Am I the only one? No, I've definitely I've heard, heard that. Some, uh, and you just like throw up in your mouth. <laughs> that is not what Paul, like did this like uh, rabbinic, tough, evangelist who studied at the feet of Galgamesh think he's not like hey we can call him now daddy it's like no it's like this is when you understand this is legal language you understand that he's like and we cry out father like that you can formally approach him because he's now your relative and Abba is a it is a uh a family kind of name. It's a name. term of endearment. Yeah, yeah it's a term of endearment. It's not daddy. And, and it's it's sort of saying that that you now have this close relationship with yeah. the father, like can I the just, son has with the father. Yeah. Can I just say I've said circumcision a number of times, and I've said daddy a number of times in one episode. It's the AI is going to flag this whole episode, this, even though it, you didn't terrible. share that it's story at the beginning. Um, the, <laughs> I'm going to share it now. The one just... thing that I would say, the final thing I would say about this passage as well, in terms of preachability is this is a time of year, New Year's Day. If you have people in yeah. church, they're going to be thinking about turning over a new leaf and making resolutions, and they sort of think you're going to say something about that preacher. Um, yeah. But what Paul is doing Good. here in this passage is he's grounding you not in the things that you are lacking, and he's not telling you you should feel bad about yourself, and you need to fix yourself, you need to make yourself better, and make some resolutions. He's telling you who you already are. You mm-hmm. are a child of God. You are an heir of the kingdom. 
You could not be closer to God now, um, even if you wanted to be, because it's all been done in Christ. Jesus has redeemed those who are under the law. That means if you feel like you have not measured up as one under the law, you are correct, and you have been redeemed. So rest in that. You have been adopted as children. There's nothing more to earn, to do. So whether you make resolutions or don't, whether you make them and fail at them or whatever, all of that sort of... The, the church is not about resolutions. The church is about reminding you of your identity in Christ, and that has been done. And so whatever you do or don't do in the new year, uh, because we've been around the sun one more time in our uh, little earth island home, uh, is beside the point. The main idea here is that you are a child of God and uh, because of what mm-hmm. Jesus has done. So that's how I would preach on that if I were to preach it. And now we move on to the gospel, Luke chapter 2, 15 through 21. We begin again with this story we've heard, and your congregation may have already heard this on Christmas Eve about the angels uh, seeing Jesus in Bethlehem, and they find the child in the manger. Uh, Mary is still recovering, and uh, um, and then they, they see it, because the angel said you would see it, and they go away. And they're kind of amazed, and Mary's amazed, and the shepherds glorify God. And then here's the part, which is the key verse for today, verse 21. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, presumably still in Bethlehem, not not yet in their hometown of Nazareth. And he was called Jesus, the name that the angel told Joseph to, to name him. So he's named Yeshua, the uh, God saves, Yahweh saves is his name, and that's key. That is the holy name, and the child is circumcised, meaning he, he comes into this this whole covenant community. To re- he becomes one under the law to redeem those under the law. This is him mm. becoming fully, fully us. So, anything else you would say about this, Jacob? No, absolutely not. I think you've done a really good job. I will say it's pretty amazing how humbling it is to think about God getting circumcised. It's it's a little bit mind blowing. Um, it it yeah. underlines the humanity of the incarnation that it's real. Um, and if you think about cutting God, uh, it it's sort of hard to fathom. But again, that's um, if if that sort of makes you go, well, that's what the crucifixion is. And this is a beginning to kind of point towards that a little bit here. So yeah. So that's all we have to say about uh, Feast of the Holy Name. That'll do it. Feast of the Snip. And um, we'll just have to imagine what Jake was going to say at the beginning. Until (laughs) next time, where we're going to talk about the Epiphany and wise men and uh, all that sort of stuff. Uh, May God bless you and keep you. And Happy New Year. Somebody's looking. Somebody cares. Somebody wonders what you're doing today. You know we crucified him, buried. Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production. And remember to keep that Bible by your bedside ready to rock and roll.